0: Welcome to the new episode of Supply Cast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. Today, I've got a returning guest, Chris Holmes. Chris Holmes, how are you doing?
1: Good afternoon. I'm, I'm very well, thank you. And thank you for having me back.
0: So, so, Chris, the reason why we are having you back is because a little birdie told us that you have, in August, in this month, this very month, you are completing... Twenty-five years, or to sound more dramatic, a quarter of a century <laughs> in the NHS. It's uh,
1: it's quite uh-huh. scary. Yes, how does that I, feel I, like? I've forgotten about it myself until fairly recently. Uh, uh, how does it feel? Well, uh, yes, yeah, a quarter of a century, half my life as well. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's uh, yeah, it's quite significant. Um, I probably probably haven't taken much time to sit back and reflect on that, but. Uh, as I say, it is half my life, the majority of my working life as well. So the NHS has been a, a major part of everything that I've done. So, yeah, to, to still be here after 25 years, um, maybe I pinch myself or kick myself at times, I don't know which, but uh, uh, there's probably no better place to work.
0: You're obviously director of supply chain for NHS supply chain. One of the things I was going to say, I was going to make a little joke. that They say, don't they, whenever someone celebrates many, many years, in an industry or a company they often say you get less for murder don't they uh when it gets to that, about 25 years i think you're definitely putting putting the the time in there do you does it feel like first of all does it feel like 25 years it i mean is, that is a that is a long time i'm trying to think what some industries i've spent time in and uh, and and it does go quickly but does, does it feel like 25 years it's a long time it, isn't it
1: it is a long time it, it i don't think it does feel like 25 years the um, whilst I've been in the NHS, the, I've worked in different kind of organisations, certainly different variations of different organisations mm-hmm. within the NHS over that time. And just the, just the sheer amount of change within the NHS makes it feel as though mm-hmm. often that it's, it's a new organisation, certainly new environments that you're operating mm-hmm. in. And I think that's part of the challenge that keeps a lot of people in 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 the organisation that mm-hmm. is the NHS for as long as people stay in it. So it's it's not it's not the same. I don't personally don't think as being maybe in some other organisations whereby it's the same doing the same thing over many many mm-hmm. years. Sure. Uh, there's been lots of variation uh, over those years. So so yeah, it still it still feels quite fresh, very challenging, particularly mm-hmm. at the moment, but uh, still very re- rewarding.
0: Okay so uh, I've done we've done a, some similar podcasts like this, but usually for people that were just retired. Don't worry, Chris I'm not I'm not pulling <laughs> you out I'm not howing you out the door or anything like that. but yeah, it is usually people are, are looking back. so you' in you're in quite a sort of rarefied position I suppose in that you do have this long tenure within the NHS, but at the same time, you know you've still got plenty of time and work etc ahead of you the first question I wanted to ask you was are you intending on staying have you have you had enough yet or are you are you, are you are you do you see yourself staying in NHS until you until you retire to that beach in Cornwall to surf because I know <laughs> that my last discussion I know that you're a keen surfer on the uh, Corn- Cornish shoreline do you see yourself staying in NHS?
1: I think it would be very difficult for me to envisage me anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't have to be very honest. Yeah. It's not something I really think about. And, and yeah. maybe I've been fortunate enough over the years as well. It's not something I've really had to think about. So, yeah. um, I mean, there's so much going on. Uh, there's so much to do. Our organisation is going through, as, as other parts of the NHS are, some significant changes over the coming months and years mm. exciting changes and uh, and and hopefully uh i'll remain part of that so so yeah i'm still looking forward uh hoping that i still am making a contribution because that's what it's really all about and i think for me it's if you can come to work every day and it doesn't often feel like it doesn't necessarily feel as though you're making things better but if you if you can continue to try and keep making things that little bit better for the NHS, because that's the only reason—the only reason I'm in it anyway—and I think, as I said earlier, I think it's, a, it's the reason why a lot of people stay in it, is just to try and make that little bit of a difference in—in in our own way to help the NHS with the fantastic patient care that they that they deliver. So, so yeah, yeah, um, I'm sure I'll be around for a little bit while longer.
0: You've obviously mentioned there uh, a lot, quite a lot already—the the fact that there's so much change that you get in the NHS. I mean, I've heard people say to me that the one consistent thing in the NHS is change. But a lot of people are saying at the moment that this there's never been such a period of change in NHS, both right now, you know, just in terms of our memories with things like the procurement bill, but also looking forward. You, after 25 years, would you say that that's right? Does it feel like there's even more change going on right now?
1: Uh, I don't know if there's more change going on right now than there has been in other parts, but the term that you've said where I've heard a lot of people say in the past and say now there's never been so much change I think mm-hmm. it's one of those things it's, it is a continual thing within the NHS mm-hmm. uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing um, but what, what we do have to uh, recognise whilst we're going through some of those changes is still the significant challenges that are placed on our NHS as we recover and, and hopefully come out towards the end of things such as Covid and also the um, the exit from the EU as well which goes largely, in my opinion, goes largely unlocked, but has placed some significant pressures on supply, which obviously then mm-hmm. can manifest itself into pressures in the NHS. So I think there's probably some specific challenges that exist today alongside change that make mm-hmm. it more challenging than in previous times. Um, yeah, as I say, the after effects of COVID and the the impact that that has had on, along with EU exit, on uh, global supply disruption is in my time and certainly in my viewpoint unprecedented Mm -hmm. so you 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 overlay that with change which is Mm -hmm. always necessary to keep moving forward Uh, i think that creates a a fairly challenging environment
0: i think when you have said a number of times in this podcast if you look back at the um, last two and a half years with covid you know all those primary concerns all the Dominating of news cycle that came with COVID. Had COVID never happened, that probably would have been entirely replaced with Brexit discussions and concerns and uh, and, and what have you. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy how that that came around the same the same time. This might, having said that, seem like an easy question to answer. But one of the things I wanted to ask you was obviously you know the most positive things you've taken over 25 years. But at first, I wanted to ask you about what have been the most your difficult times during those 25 years? I mean, this seems to be an extraordinarily obvious answer, but I'm going to ask it. I'm going to ask it anyway. So maybe you can, obviously COVID, but maybe you can talk a little bit about that, but maybe you can come up with something else other than the, the COVID stuff.
1: I think that there'll be there'll be linked things when I think back to some of the challenging times, but they also become some of the most rewarding times as well. So there there is there's always those two sides. I'll I'll come back to Covid, because mm. without a doubt, mm. COVID's been been the yeah. biggest challenge, but
0: Maybe take that as red. I mean, I think that... Yeah, I think that's yeah, read. But,
1: but yeah. I was obviously, uh, I was involved with the NHS and I was uh, kind of quite heavily involved in the work completed around swine flu, which was a very right. challenging... And, and, and at that time,
0: mm.
1: obviously, considering uh, where most people were, for, for, and, and certainly within my life cycle, I mean, I'd never experienced a pandemic before. Mm-hmm. And that was considered to be really quite challenging. And it was, and it felt challenging at the time. Clearly... It dwarfs into uh, almost insignificance in comparison to COVID. Uh, I was also um, involved in in some small way, but it you I mean it's it can affect you and it makes it challenging uh, in responding to seven uh, seven bombings. Uh, right. So that was quite yeah. you know, quite sobering, and 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 the teams involved in that did an absolutely fantastic job on the day and then in and around that, and also again challenging, but. Um, But 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 rewarding. Uh, We were part of the team that responded to uh, the tsunami uh, all all those years ago now as well. Uh, So some some of the most challenging times that they are, because you you do know that lives are, um, you mean, um, affected and and, and lives are are, are irrevocably changed uh, Mm -hmm. and they can't be changed back. Uh, but again, it comes back to that thing that hopefully the work that uh, we 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 do and we contribute to just make a bit of a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, COVID, take it as red, COVID has been by far uh, the most challenging experience of my professional career. Uh, and I'm sure many people would say the same thing. Uh, I'd also say it's been one of those ones where certain aspects of it um, we should all sit back and be very proud of how the NHS coped with everything that was thrown at it in COVID. Um, Always wish I could have done more, always wish we could have done a bit more. I'm sure there's many people who feel that way, but uh, we should never, ever, ever underestimate the way that uh, our NHS kind of uh, managed its way through that and uh, uh, did a fantastic job for, for everybody.
0: You mentioned those three major cataclysmic incidents. And I'm just thinking, was anything from either of those three periods, was there any lessons you were able to apply in any way to to COVID when it happened? Because, you know, you speak to a lot of people about COVID and, and, you know, the truth was people were like, you, you, you can try and prepare, prepare for something like that. But the scale of what happened with COVID just was something that you couldn't really prepare for. But was there anything in your experience that you felt was able to be applied to COVID? Or did you apply anything from those times to the uh, COVID pandemic?
1: I think first I'd say, I think people are right when they say the scale was, Mm. was just unprecedented and which made planning very very difficult if not impossible at that particular point in time because nobody had and i'd been in and around the planning around uh pandemics after swine flu for for many years so i knew what the planning was uh and i understood the the, the assumptions that were behind the planning um and then to see what actually happened as a result of COVID. You know, that the two things were very very different um, and, and would have been very, very difficult to ever plan for. I think the bits that I take out of the most more difficult times in my career are hopefully kind of the, the ability to, to, to keep a calm head. And I think what was really, really important in COVID was to ensure that what people such as myself and the teams were focused on were how could we help make that little bit better because you and you can't look beyond too much what you can achieve what does the nhs need from us well we're a supply chain organization well it needs our help to ensure that it can continue to provide the services by, by having products and that was an incredibly challenging time with covid particularly around ppe for all of the many things that have been documented previously but I think what we what we try to do, and I suppose what I took from from experience and from a, some of those difficult times in the past, was trying to be able to look at it very objectively and say, so if we have a challenge, how do we get over that challenge? Always with the view that actually, how do we make it that little bit better for the NHS tomorrow than it was today?
0: Mm-hmm. And that was
1: a bit of a mantra that was used not not just by me, but by a, n- a number of people I know across the whole of. the the kind of pandemic response it was trying to make that difference on a day-by-day basis because certainly in those early days it was very difficult to look beyond that
0: yeah we're going to move on to the more positive stuff in a second don't worry but um I, i i wanted to ask you over those 25 years you've spoken about uh stuff like terror attacks swine flu the tsunami do you have is there a regret that stands out so far in those 25 years I mean, maybe there's something that you uh you wanted to achieve by now hasn't been achieved
1: well I, I think i can give you the, the the disappointment but i can also talk to you about the uh, the, the the green shoots that are coming from that so mm. i've always i've been in and around supply chain operations throughout career so led procurement teams led logistics teams and those kind of things mm-hmm. one of the things that has has always been a challenge is the level of investment that's been able to be made in infrastructure to enable uh, the the organization to provide the best service that it possibly can to the NHS <laughs> excuse me and start to help the NHS transform some of those challenges it has at the moment in areas such as med tech products with uh, high levels of consignment stock and th- those kind of models which have been put in place to serve a requirement but actually potentially could be operated uh, in, in a better way so that has been it's been a challenge to me and disappointing to me that we've not been able to make some of the investments that uh, I would have liked over the years. But I've literally just come off of a uh, session before this where I've been speaking to um, a section of our customer base, talking to them about the investments that we are making uh, in our infrastructure as we move forward to establish greater capacity, greater capability, improve systems uh, capability as well, which will lead to some of those things that I've been Mm-hmm. I feel like I've, I've I've really struggled to be able to deliver over the years. It will lead us in the future to be able to deliver those. So so I've not given up hope, I suppose, is what I'm saying. I, I think I think they're still there to be delivered, yet they, they have been frustrations for me personally. And you I mean other people within the business as to uh, things that have not been able to deliver for all all many many reasons some of them good some of them less good but, mm-hmm. but there's always a reason why things happen but we are on a journey now uh, whereby we have got uh, the ability to invest and we have got the ability to make uh, uh, kind of transformational changes in our supply chain operating which will only benefit the nhs in the coming years
0: Okay, let's move on to some positive stuff, shall we? As well, although you've done, you've done that very nice trick, uh, almost like watching a Tory party leader debate. That was, you know, you know, just you know, you you switched it around nicely. But let, but let's discuss about positive things. Can you pick some, say, Maybe three things that you're most proud of over the last twenty five years.
1: I think the work that we've done um, collectively with the NHS and with our service partners to deliver value to the nhs so savings resilience those kind of things i think uh, if i I take the covid period side i -hmm. think we were making some great strides in 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 those areas so i think that's that's been very rewarding and i expect us to get back to that as well so Mm -hmm. notwithstanding the challenges that we have now so and the reason i say that is because a lot of hard work went into that didn't just happen overnight. And a lot of hard work went into that by a lot of really, really good people uh, that I've had the benefit of working with for uh, and have led in in some instances. So that's that's one of the real big uh, uh, points points for me. I think when I first very first came into the organization, some of the things that we did there, which were really starting to uh, modernize elements of the activity that we did by putting in uh, again elements of systems improvements which when i cast my mind back this seems so long ago and i'm probably quite small uh, uh in, in comparison to some of the other things but at the time they were really quite um uh, yeah quite quite, quite changing and, and paradigm shifting in the organization and again started to set a direction for actual improvement and uh this organisation being able to provide more to the NHS than it previously had. Um, And I think probably from a a third perspective, uh, I think the work that we did, uh, I'm going to go back to uh, the work that we did in relation to setting up pandemic operations and also emergency preparedness operations uh, to make us more prepared. Uh, And and I do feel uh, that certainly, again, COVID aside for the reasons that we've spoken about, the work that's been done in those areas by the team has put the the NHS and therefore to an extent all of us in a better position to be supported in the event of certain incidents Uh, and I was heavily involved in some of those things uh, at the start following as I said 7-7 and 9-11 and all those kind of things which were catalysts for some of them being put in place so they don't often get spoken about they're not things that we openly talk about but Mm -hmm. they are things in the background that are uh, it's, it's good to know that we've we've got them um, and it's rewarding to know that i had a small contribution to make in uh, in helping put them together
0: what goals do you have left chris what 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 would be what would you be your hope for achieving in whatever time oh. you have left in the NHs
1: <laughs> the first thing um is we 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 have to come out of the current challenges that we have. So global supply disruption is, I think I said it earlier, is the term unprecedented. Um, we have to come out of that. We have to work together with our supply partners uh, and our NHS to figure out how we get out of that at the shortest possible time. So that's, I mean, that's, that, if, that's probably my number one objective at mm-hmm. the moment. Uh, I think if I look slightly further afield and slightly in, in more more of a positive state, the changes that are happening in the NHS and the changes that we are uh, are happening within NHS supply chain, as we move to kind of the next iteration of our model, I think are are providers with huge opportunities to support the NHS even more uh, and hopefully become even more part of the NHS's day-to-day operation and and, and an organisation that they can truly rely upon. So there's, there's, there's change that will come with that. I've spoken about some of the work that we're doing around infrastructure changes, uh, and there'll be other changes that come as a result of that activity. So I think you know, objectives there are to make sure that we can deliver those, and that and that then they deliver on the, uh, the 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 benefits that we think that that they can provide to the NHS as as we move forward.
0: You're a regular speaker at HSA <laughs> conferences. You were there at the summer conference, and you're going to be there at winter as well, November. 22nd 23rd um you can now register online please do places going fast etc etc chris what would be your one overriding message to uh, hsa members at this point looking towards the future
1: i i think the the, the future is brighter than what's the recent past. <laughs> Sounds yeah. quite uh, yeah, qu- yeah. quite deep that, but I, I think we, we do have to recognize that we are in a moment in time at the moment and, and that things will get better because they have to get better. So I think we need to um, stick together. Uh, we all want, I, I consider as one system, uh, the HCSA has been a big part of the organisations that I've worked in has been a big part of my career. As, you, as you've said, I, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you how many, but I, I think I've probably, uh, I've been to every HCSA conference probably for the last 15 years. I've probably spoken at most of the conferences mm-hmm. during that time or certainly probably during the last 10 years. Uh, I have huge respect for the HCSA and I think it's, it's important that it plays that role in ensuring that the NHS as an organisation, as a community and all the different elements of it do stick together and and act as one it's it's not always easy and there will be challenges and quite rightly uh, across different areas of the organizations uh, where where they have slightly different viewpoints but i think we the nhs is, is is best when it comes together when it truly stands as one and all of the parts around are there to serve the nhs and i see the hcsa as part of that when we all pull together and we pull in that same same direction so I think it's again it's about working together to get through the current issues mm-hmm. and then making sure that we are all aligned on how we try and ensure that we continue to improve and make the benefits to the nhs and deliver on some of the opportunities when moves to uh, integrated care systems those kind of things how do we ensure that we maximize the benefits of those and unless we work together on that then I, th- I think it's always difficult to maximize those benefits
0: just uh, before we finish up here on the on, on the episode, there was something I wanted to ask, and I'm not, I'm I'm deliberately leaving this open ended, so it's, so it's to not get you in trouble or to not get yourself in trouble. <laughs> um, I keep, I was wondering about you would have seen a lot of NHS supply chain um, chiefs over the years. Obviously, currently we have Andrew New. And I'm just wondering how. I'm not gonna ask you to pick, don't worry. I'm not gonna ask you but who's your favorite. Um, uh, but I was just wondering how much do things change when the guy, the guy or the 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 guy or the woman at the top changes? How much do things change? Like how how much of NHS supply chain is dictated by the kind of uh kind of individual that is at the top there? And how much, how difficult or otherwise can it be adjusting to a new person at the top?
1: Uh, I think on the on the adjustment piece, um, different people have different styles. You know, you yeah. know, uh, uh, as, as you say, I've been in the organization a long time. So I've seen, I've worked with a lot of people and I've worked mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Uh, and I, I start by saying that, I've probably taken a little bit of everybody, Mm -hmm. a little bit from everybody in terms of kind of my style and and the continual development of my style because I've worked with some great people and for some great people. Uh, um, But they do have different styles. So kind of it it is around adapting to different people's, um, I suppose, the way that they like to work. Uh, The consistency, I would say, across all of the people that I've worked for in the NHS is they've all been driven by that one thing, which is to actually try and make that difference. So they may have different personalities, they may have different kind of viewpoints and approaches in how you do that, but the drive has always been the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew's come in. Andrew has it has his own style. He's he's, I mean, he's really uh, uh, determined, uh, and it's great to see to make sure that we push on to the next level and take the the I suppose the the model that we developed and was operating uh, i think fairly effectively before covid now when we come out of covid how do we kick on to the next level which is always what we would have wished to do and, and, and andrews i think is is really really well placed uh, to drive that forward with us so so yeah i wouldn't pick a favorite even if i had one <laughs> but, <laughs> you know for me I honestly say that i've, I've kind of as i say I've, I've enjoyed working with all of the people that have been the top of the organization whatever the organization has been uh, uh since it's, it's it's been inception since i've been with it uh, and I, as i say i take i take a bit from each of them because they they've each got skills that i uh, that i respect and that you you try and put into your own kind of leadership sure. toolkit say right there might be a time when i need to pull out a bit of this person or a bit of that person and mm-hmm. obviously blend that with your own personality
0: okay chris i think I think it's, uh, we've almost finished up here. Uh, it's been really great going back down memory lane with you and have a little bit look towards the future as well. Um, of course, normally at this point of the podcast, we would take people off to Desert Island Supplies. But because you've done this podcast before, we've already dragged you off to our little desert island where you took your favourite album and your favourite film with you um so we won't be doing that however just out of interest i'm going to ask you can you remember what you picked as your favorite album and can you remember what you picked as your film i've got a funny feeling because you were so positive about your answers last time that you are going to remember this
1: i'm pretty certain i can uh, so the favorite film would have been point break yeah it was <laughs> uh, it's a surfing kind of action type film. What and uh, You
0: like? So you like surfing? Oh uh, yeah, 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 it's yeah! the yeah. surfing film, yeah.
1: Yeah, and the the album would have, uh, I think, would have been Mosley Shoals by Ocean Colour Scene. It was is,
0: indeed. Now I'm going. See. I'm going to give you the benefit of doubt that you didn't re-listen to the earlier one. You might yeah. have done. No, I'm sure you. I'm sure I didn't. You, you, I didn't. You, you've got a very honest face, Chris. So <laughs> I'm going to believe that. And. Um, Yeah, most people can't remember. I think I'd probably forget, to be honest with you. But you were so... I I did listen back to the earlier podcast um, just a couple of days ago in part of my uh, preparation for doing this one. And um, I thought to myself, he was so... Chris was so sure about the album and the film he would take that I'll bet you he has those answers ready
1: the the film the film itself so on on, on my Netflix account yeah. uh, it is the it is the top film watched by 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 me because I I often watch it repeatedly which my <laughs> my wife uh, doesn't understand and my daughter just looks at me very strangely because it's, it's not her kind of thing and you take take the music so ocean colour scene and there's a particular song on the uh, on that most shows album called the day we caught the train and uh, as you know we we like we like to go to Cornwall I like to yeah. surf and um it's been kind of a, an anthem for me for for many 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 years uh, and so it's the song that gets played in our car at the point at which we enter Newquay which is typically right. where we go yeah. Surf yeah. Every, every time we go there so we were there uh, last week uh, so when we travel down no matter what's on the radio or what's being played through the, the stereo. At that point, it has to stop. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. Come on! <laughs> it's, it's
0: it's brilliant. And uh, do do you watch Point Break when you're in Newquay? Like you know, like when you, wherever you stay, do you do you make uh, sure I, you've got I, Netflix I, at hand? Or, or I
1: have done, um, but to be fair, probably pro, uh, probably not as frequently as I do when I'm at home, which probably tells yeah. you something. Which when when I'm, when I'm there by the coast, I don't feel the need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I'm not at the coast, it's one of it's one of my go to things to do. So yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's on fairly regularly.
0: That's brilliant, Chris. Thank you very, very much for your time coming on the podcast again. Uh, I very much look forward to seeing you uh, speaking again at the Winter Conference, 22nd, 23rd November, Manchester Centre. as I said before. You can register now to hear uh, Chris and a whole variety of other, as usual, top-class speakers, including a, v- a very exciting motivational speaker that we will be announcing soon but Chris thank you for finding the time again to do that taking time out your busy schedule and um yeah maybe we'll have you on again at, at some point 25 years from now who knows um,
1: I, I would take it in the way in which it's it's, it's meant I, I sincerely hope not but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure there have been far more interesting people to, 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 right. to talk to than myself maybe but I do appreciate being nice to come
0: on again. That's thank no you. problem. I can imagine a, a, like a little maybe a little retirement home and in, in Cornwall. <laughs> you know, I can imagine that. You still there watching, watching point break for the upteenth time. Um Absolutely. Chris, thanks very much. And thank you for uh everyone, everyone listening for joining us. And I hope you can join us in the next episode of Supply Cast. Bye.